All right, so I'm super excited today. My dad is making his official debut on the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. Thank you so much, Dad, for, for being on the show. You're very welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime for you, baby, I'll do anything. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's so nice. And I know that to be true because you literally like up and left your life to come help us and support us with Earth Healing Cafe to store the growth that we were going through at that time. And that's super cool and very like, um, you know, I just really appreciate it. It was, it's, it's not many people would do that. And, and I look back at all of what you've done since I've been around, because that's, that's really what we're doing on this podcast is shedding some light on how you were able to build before I came to the scene so that, you know, when I came on board, you know, I had a pretty comfortable childhood, but just looking at some of the moves that you were making, it's very inspirational. And I completely understand now as an adult, as an early 30 something, uh, what you were trying to achieve, what the goal was, you know, um, and, and seeing the moves that you were making. And so I just feel very much inspired and thankful and grateful to have had you as a dad, to have you as a dad and um, a mentor showing, showing me what, um, you know, generational wealth building is all about and um, diligent work ethic and, and all of that. So if you could kind of explain to me, so I, I, I was on a podcast recently uh, talking about um, wealth building and how, you know, wealth, health is wealth and all of that and the connections where I, where I feel like I got stuck uh, were the details basically before I was born, because right? I think I kind of understand what was going on as when I was a child, you know, um, but I, I don't know, do you like you listen to the to the episode? Was there anything glaring that I said that was inaccurate speaking about you and your hustle and all the moves, the money moves you were making? Well, um, yeah, there um, were some little inaccuracies, yes. However, it's a topic that we have never sat down and discussed in length for you to understand how the whole process went. Yeah. Um, the thing is that you, you just observe it from outside and you watch us um, move forward with what we were doing. And, and at the time, you weren't at the place where you could have understand the whole process of what we were trying to achieve. Because your mom and myself, we are very two ambitious people. And, and I think that's what attracted um, uh, me to your mom and your mom to me. We were um, one of those um, young people during that, um, the, the, the 70s, I would say, or, you know, the 70s and the 80s, uh, um, trying to, um, uh, to, to realize the American dream. And so we, without, without um, any um, formal training, we just went by an instinct to do what we think was best and, um, uh, and what, how we felt about whatever we were doing, which we were very passionate or whatever we were doing. And that helped to um, uh, propel us to the place where we were um, before you you came aboard, um, and uh, so so that's where some of those things we have never gone over the topic of these things uh, as a family sitting down. So so you know, but some of the the things you you had correct, you know, yeah, correct. But but in terms of uh, coming here. Um, um, we let's let's put it this way: we, your mom and myself, and I, 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 and I, your mom could speak more to um, about her situation. Um, she and 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 I have listened to some of the things she said. She wasn't really a, a poor person 
in Jamaica because they had land, they had the agriculture, they had a lot of different things. However, they, they maintained a, a, a just a normal life. It wasn't a celebrity type life and they wanted better. Now, the same thing was with me. I came up um, um, from seven, seven, um, seven siblings and- um, And you were born and raised in Kingston. I was born and raised in Kingston. Which is like concrete jungle in Jamaica, basically. Well, Kingston, Jamaica, uh, people, people term it as concrete jungle, but I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I mean, I wouldn't, um, you know, claim it in that way. I, I would, you know, that's not how I would uh, express it because it had a little bit of city life. And we are, because actually where I was born, I was born, yes, in Kingston, but I grew up in um, in St. Andrew. And St. Andrew is a, is a little suburb outside of the city, uh, which is uh, where most people who are middle-class uh, upper people would live. Mm -hmm you know, um, and, and so forth. But yeah, in every area you have poor and middle class and wealthy. So, um, so you had land space and you have a city place where you probably would do, you see a lot of, you know, you'd see projects and all those things, but, uh, but it's, it's not, I wouldn't say, I'll claim it, people call it concrete jungle. There's just a terminology they give it because there's more city. If you're in the city, let's put it this way, you, are, you have to buy mostly everything to eat. If you are in the, uh, the country parts like where your mom is from, you don't necessarily have to go to the, you could eat off the fruit, the trees, there are so much fruits to eat. You just go and pick it, mangoes, uh, uh, so much different things, you, you, you know, uh, it's, it's free access, so you don't really. In, in the city, you basically have to have money in your pocket to go to the stores to buy some of these things, you know? So that's how it was. But basically, that, that's, um, that's so, all. So then, so would you, like, your childhood, what what was that like? Like, what was your, your living situation like? And, like, how did you manage to even get to this country? Okay, good, very good question. Um, I was in the, 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 the Jamaica Defense Force and I, I, I joined the Jamaica Defense Force at, at, at an early age, I would say at 18 years old. And I spent um, uh, some six years in, in the Jamaica Defense Force. While I was there, I enjoyed a very good life because it was the government who was paying for my, my, my living um, experience. And, and um, I travel a lot. I went to school abroad. I, uh, I met all, all, all different types of people. All you from went, all to, you went to school abroad where? In England. Oh, to college? No, I went to a military school in Chichester. Oh, okay. I spent one year in Chichester. Um, as a military police, so I did uh, I did police policing work like you know you know fingerprint, um, accidental you know accident case detectives um, subjects and so forth and so on. Because that at the time England was still uh, had Jamaica as a colony. Or, at no, the time? well Jamaica Jamaica had, had just uh, became an independent nation. Jamaica just because I joined when Jamaica just became independent. I joined in 1962 hmm. and it had, was just changing over from, from the West India Regiment. The West India Regiment meant it was all the, the Caribbean island was, was, um, was part of the, 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 the regiment. So you had Trinidad, Guyana, Barbados, all of these Caribbean islands and all uh, the, the headquarters was in Jamaica. So it was called the West India Regiment. So you had the uh, military people from England who was all over there. They are the ones who trained us and they were in charge. That is before independence. Once independence came into being, um, they had to leave to go back to their country. So 
position within the army start to um, to be to made uh, to, to to become vacant, mm -hmm. and so the people who was in the military during that time they got promoted and so forth. So I went in as a new person, new trainee, going in just in the time when uh, before the changeover. You see, so I was the first um, training division uh, that took place during the independence. So by the time Jamaica got independence, we were the ones who you will see advertised on the screen, screen and, um, and, um, and, and with all the ceremonial parades and all the stuff. So that was weird. So that's 62. Mm -hmm. And then in 1968, I left Jamaica and came to America. In 68. So when I came to America, I, I had I, I, I was living a good life in Jamaica. I didn't have to leave Jamaica to come up because I was very much independent, getting, I mean, a yearly salary. I get 30 days vacation. I get medical benefits free, all of those things. Um, but it was, it was a choice I made to leave the military to get back into civilian life. I made that, and, and I made that because of, um, uh, I think that was a path that I'm, I, I think I had to, to, because the military life is not such an easy life, you know, it's a life that, where that you have to live under, um, everything is command, and, and everything, if you disobey orders, there's consequences and all of that stuff, but it's a good life. But you just have to abide by the rules and 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 garden. But it's it's a healthy life. It's a good life. You meet lots of different people, and it gives you discipline. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot. It's it's it to me. It's like it was like an a, like a college campus. It's just that you can't do anything. You don't have free things to just move around and do anything because you have people like, for example, me who would be the police who would uh, who would police the the camp and to make sure it. it you spent six years in the force. You decide to come out of that and live a civilian life and you make the decision. And so at this point now, you are married, right? With children at this point. Yes. Okay. You have three kids at this point. Yes. Okay. And so you and your family decide to move to New York. Yes. Like, like. Like why leave Jamaica? I guess is the the big question that comes to mind. Well, well, well to be honest, um, America here had a lot more opportunities. It had a lot of opportunities, and uh, and so therefore uh, uh, we see that. And once we see that, we think this is an opportunity where our, our kids would be able to be in a better position. It's it would be a little more difficult and and um, in in Jamaica at the time. But so why? Why is that? Well, because America is, is, a, is a vast country. It has a lot of opportunities, a lot of money, uh, um, uh, um, a lot of programs to help um, people. Once you're ambitious and want to work hard, you it was um, it was a place of opportunity that you could you could do well. And you felt like Jamaica just didn't have that. It 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 it. it you know, there are some people who did who did very well that I, I let, that stayed in Jamaica. However, I, I felt like after having the um, experience of overseas life, I wanted to 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 try a little of it, and I see that there was a lot more opportunities um, here than in Jamaica. Okay, all right. So then you choose out of the whole country. You know, you chose New York. Was that strategic or? No, I chose New York because I had family here. Who was here already? My sister. Huh. My so, big sister. So here. you, just so folks are clear, you have um, a step. So your parents were divorced. You have mm -hmm. a stepmom on one side with your dad. You have a stepdad on the other side with your mom and they have children. So you're like in the middle of right a whole bunch of kids that is correct so how many how many siblings in total well it you would say um uh 14 because seven on either side 
Okay. And you're just in the, in the middle there. Middle, right, right. Okay. So, so you had a sister in New York and you, you felt, okay. So, and that was your only family member in the country. Well, um, um, no, that wasn't my only family member in um, the country, but was my closest, mm. the closest. Okay. However, when I came here, I didn't come to her. I come to um, um, my wife's family. So that was already here? That was already here. Okay, okay, I got you. All right, so New York is now home. And then how do you establish yourself? Like, did the, did the force give you a whole bunch of money when you left? No, I, I got some money from it, but I didn't take it. I, I, I left it there in the bank. I, I didn't take it. In the um, bank in Jamaica? In Jamaica, yes, I left it there, and um, and um, it eventually um, was transferred over to uh, my kids, in my kids' name. Um, but once I stepped foot in America, I I get a job within no time, and I started working. What were you doing? Um, oh, I was doing some um, menial work. I mean, working in a laundry um, with a company called Consolidated Laundry Company. They, 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 they clean um, uh, uniforms and so forth for hospitals, restaurants and so forth. So they deliver the, the clean uniforms and so. So I, I'm working, um, I started out working within the area with, with, the, with the machines. It's, this is a big machine replaced with all the different types of machines. And then afterward they send me into distribution and distribution meaning I go out on the vehicle and, and, and the truck with, with the drivers who's, who's making these deliveries. So I go with them and I learn the route um, and so forth. But it was hard work. And um, I find that I wasn't, um, uh, I didn't feel like I was living up to my potential because that was playing a, um, a secondary role. I'm used to, be a leading to be being a part of a leading role back in the military and so forth and here i am there. and i know this was temporary so i held on to it in a, in a temporary time until i left and then went into construction i left and went into construction why construction because uh, my wife family was involved in construction and he was able to get me into the union and I was able, and because my father in Jamaica was a carpenter, he was a, a, a contractor and builder. All of us boys that grew up with him, we have a, a, a general background of carpentry work. So it wasn't hard for me to get into that business and, you know, and, and move right up. So it took me a, a short period of time to get into the construction and started uh, make it big money. So around, so you came to America, it was like around what year was that? 68, 1968. 1968. And you have three children and your wife. Are the three children with you and and your wife? Yeah, no, no, no. They were left in Jamaica. Oh, so you're just here by yourself. Right. Okay. So how are you living? Like, are you living in an apartment, in a house? Yes. Like apartment by yourself uh no i was staying with my my uncle-in-law oh okay okay I was, I, see. I was staying with them first before i was able to rent an apartment i stayed with them for about uh a month and then i got an apartment and then at what point did your children and your wife come over no they were um she was already here because she was the one who made the entrance first she was already here so the children came after, after we were able to um, purchase the first house. I didn't want to bring them um, here to live into um, to apartment buildings. I didn't like the settings into those, into some of the areas of the community. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I'm not going to bring them until I'm able to buy a house. Mm. There's and, so and much I want to ask you about this. <laughs> That I don't know if we'll even be able to cover it today on this episode, just like the whole process of coming to America, because 
you know, racism in Jamaica and America is very different. And 68, you talking about, you know, the whole civil rights movement, all this stuff is going on, right? Um, and being able to come in here as an immigrant 30 in 30 days, being able to buy a, a home, like, like how long did it take you before you were able to get a home? Even? Okay, within, within, um, within, um, I would say uh, two years, two years stops because I spent a good while in, um, uh, in the construction. And then after, after construction, I start to go to school. So we're, while, I was so in the, while I was in the construction, I started going to school. For, for going to school for what? Well, no, at the time I started school, I was uh, concentrating and thinking of my childhood dream was to become an engineer, a mechanical engineer. But after um, going to different, different, um, I did, I went all the way back down to, um, to high school. Uh, uh, when I say go back, all the way back, I remember I graduated in Jamaica already from high school, but I came here and I went to, to high school, Jamaica high school in Queens. And I did my um, high school equivalency. Okay. And then after doing my high school equivalency, then I left and then went to a Nassau Community College. To get your bachelor's degree? But no, that would be associate degrees, a two-year college. Okay. And, uh, and after that, um, and that takes me, uh, after I did that at Nassau Community College, while I'm still, no, I'm not in construction anymore. I'm working with, um, with uh, a snack food company um in in sales mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in sales so while you're doing all of this what your your children so your children didn't see you for two years no no would they come up every every holiday they come up okay they would come up with your grandmother every holiday and spend the summer here and then go back and so they were living in jamaica with with their grandparents right with their grandma yeah their grandparents i see I see. And how old were they at the time? They came here when they were were six and seven. Oh, so they were pretty young during yes. that transition yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. I see. Okay, I see. So, okay, so you guys, you, 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 you're working for the snack food company doing sales. You go into school with the intention to become a mechanical engineer. Um. Okay. Uh, at that time, yes. But then from there, I realized that it, this was making things a little bit complicated because I'm learning so much into sales mm -hmm. because the, 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 the company I'm working with, they did a lot of training and I'm learning a lot. And then going to school, some of the subjects I'm doing and so forth. And, and that's where I decided to make a change. After I got my um, associate degree, I decided to make a change. Mm -hmm. and go into business administration. I see. And take advantage of basically where you are right now and just kind of get to where you want to go as quickly as possible. Exactly. Okay. So I want to understand um, buying a home. Like, what do you think was like the biggest thing for you on that journey, being able to buy a home? Because that's a big deal for folks when they come to this country or even anyone, you know, that's the American dream. You want, you want to own a home. So like how, what do you think was like the major factor for you being able to do that? Okay. The major thing was uh, about managing your money and, and man part of managing your money was uh, meant saving, 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 because you had to, you had to have a good amount of money as a down payment. And um, my job, I made good money. From the construction, construction I made excellent money. Um, because I mean, what I was making during that time, uh, it's hard to, I mean, to compare it with today. But, but if, you, if you see what construction, construction people make all 50 and $60 an hour right now 
you know, back then, you know, back then, when if you're making twenty dollars an hour, that's a lot of money. Fifteen dollars, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And then, in addition to that, I just didn't stick with one job. I did two jobs. I work a full-time job and I do a part-time job. What was your part-time job? My part-time job was at, uh, um, um, uh, at the time, my first part-time job, okay. No, my, well, what I did, for example, well, while I was in sales, my first part-time job was working with a, a chain of supermarket as a front-end um, front manager, meaning I'm in charge of the cashiers. So I had to learn the cashier from the floor, learn the cashier, you know, work and so forth. I worked with a company called Pathmark at the time. Mm. And, um, and I, I, I worked there. Uh, and so I had money coming in from there and then my regular job. And then after that, I decided that um, I have enough um, knowledge about uh, um, setting up a business. So I went and I set up a business, a construction business. So while I was working, I have a construction business going on. So I would leave my work sometimes and then go in the evening and then go to that work job and then, and then work with the, the, with the job. Hmm. You know, and so um, uh, while, while I was there, it, uh, some of the people who was working for me eventually um, leave and then go out on their own. And then uh, after that, after I, I closed that job, I had, I, I, I had a, a car service. A car service is like, you know what a car service is? Where you serve, like repair the cars? No, or no. You pick no, people up? We had, where you pick people up. It's like okay. an Uber service. Like, so I had the car, that car service going. I had people working there. So you had all these different business ventures. Were they were they running simultaneously, or you would just start, stop, start, stop? Like how no, was that? Um, some there's some of them start, stop. Like for example, the constructions one start, mm -hmm. and then I end it, and then I go into the car service business, and then from the car service business, uh, I end I I end that, and I I start to concentrate and focus more on my job because now I have gotten into management position mm -hmm. within the sales, within the sales company. So I had to concentrate and learn a lot because at that time it was during the, 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 the riot with Martin Luther King death and, you know, unstableness and, and they're talking equal rights and people of, of minorities should get into position and so forth. So I was able to move into position during that time. Mm. That's interesting. So there was okay. a lot, a lot of opportunity came just about during that time. So all these, so you're basically, you're working your full-time job. You have these entrepreneurial things going on because you have the intention to purchase a home and you know, you can't really save your way to a home. So you need to increase your income. So you're basically hustling right, right now. This is <laughs> your hustle exactly. years. Um, and then this pivotal thing happens with Martin Luther King, his death, opportunities are opening up. And so how do you, what, what was, was it one particular company or was it the full-time job that allowed you to be able to actually purchase the home where you were able to get, I'm assuming that you, you, you mustered 20% down payment or something, which now is just unfathomable for most right. of us like to to get that together no i i i i i saved a lot of money um within the company because it uh, like i said we were good money management people so we saved a lot and we know what we wanted to do mm -hmm. and remember the kids were just coming up on a holiday mm -hmm. um on a holiday uh so uh after a while, they just when it's time for them to go back, they they they, they, they would, would cry and they didn't want to leave, uh, and so we knew we had to get something fast because you know we had to, to get them here because yeah. we couldn't leave that their grandparents to you know raising them. So we did what we had to do, but I was making um, a very good income during that time with because uh, I'm making income from both sides from the main job and the part-time job. And um, 
but the, the beauty about the part-time job eventually is that after a while, just that part-time job is that I own the company doing the part-time job. So I wouldn't have to work there. I just go there and make sure I have somebody managing it. I go there and make sure things is going good. And then I, you know, then I have to come home and then I go to school. School, I got to take them, the children them to school, do, you know, do all the different things that a, a father would do, a parent that's, would do. That's after they and, had already come up at that point. Right, exactly, yeah. But um, this was that. This was a plan that was put in place, and we just worked towards the plan. So, how many hours would you say you slept a night? Oh no, I didn't get. You didn't get. I mean, um, but you know, you're young. Um, young, and you're full of energy, and you, you know, and you know that you have. You, you have a goal in mind. And you have to work hard for it. So therefore, you just you just kept going. Because around this time, you're in your early thirties. Um, uh, I would say yes, early thirties, yes, yeah. Because I came here when I was twenty-three years old. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So 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 I was. I mean, I was still. I was still. Um, I I think I I bought. I think I bought. I think I bought that house before I was before I was thirty. It didn't take me, you know, twenty three. Maybe about, yeah. You know, so you saying so? So you came here in your twenties, and you managed to buy a home because you worked two jobs, started a few businesses, and saved. Yeah. Right. And hardly saved. slept, <laughs> apparently. Hardly slept. Yes. Oh, you have to make sacrifice. You had to make sacrifice. That's the only way. Yeah. And nothing comes without sacrifice, you know. So you had to do that. What? <laughs> I'm a, I'm afraid to ask what your diet was like at that time. Like, did you did you oh, did you did your diet like go through a, a major change moving oh, from oh. Jamaica to um, New York? Uh, no, because there were Caribbean um, restaurants and um, and and there was the, the stuff that we usually eat. Usually eat in um in Jamaica here. You could get it in the store to buy. So no, I maintain that that type of diet that I would have had like I was in Jamaica. Mm, okay, I see. So would you say that you were eating? You were eating cooked foods just like from restaurants and things, not processed packaged stuff. No, well, I, I eat cooked food because it was cooked home. It cooked home. Okay. But um if I'm out on the street, yes, I would eat, I would eat uh, if I if I'm by myself, I would go to um a regular West Indian um um store to get you know the Jamaican food or so mm -hmm. forth. Mm -hmm. But because of my job as as a, um, I'm moving to management, I was able to get into management, and I started at a, um, the low level management until I move up into the, um, um, up the ranks. I I started eating at the normal restaurant, the regular restaurants that some of my white counterparts would eat, because I get familiar business? with their food. No, yes. Okay. I get familiar with their food now, so true. I start to start to eat their food uh, and so forth. And then sometimes I have appointments with, with, with clients uh, uh, and, and I would meet them at a restaurant and we, you know, we go out and are the company boss, the company president, we go out for dinner and so forth. It was, it was a very nice corporate life. I started living after a while, uh, you know, while moving up the ranks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So, so now we transition now. I, the, like when I was doing the, the podcast, um, basically I was saying mm -hmm. that, but okay. So you managed to really hustle and get this house. Now the transition now between that time, mm -hmm. right? Cause now you have a home, you still doing all the hustles with the, with the business and you work in full time and you're saving and you're building that wealth. Right. 
Um, and then by the time I come along now, I'm growing up in a home and I have extracurricular activities. I have piano class, I have dance class, I have singing lessons, you know, all right. these things. And yeah. obviously that costs money to do, which I fully understand now because I haven't been able to do a lot of it since I've been financially responsible for myself. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so like if you were like, what do you think like was the major, the, the main thing in, in terms of being able to provide? Cause that was like the, the big question was my, my childhood was really privileged compared to a lot of other black youth in the country. Yes, and, that is true. And that is true. Yeah. That, that is true because you were, you, your mom wanted a, a daughter very badly. She, she, she talked about this daughter and she wanted a daughter. And, um, uh, and um, when you come along, it was, oh man, it was, uh, uh, such a blessing. She, it was you're you're a prized child. In other words, you were a prized child. I can tell you that. Even your brother was a prized child because he was, he was the only um, uh, child for her. At the, 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 you know, for first twelve years before yeah. I came along. Right. Exactly. So you came along. I mean, you were like a princess. Come. I mean, this you were treated like oh, <laughs> and. Um, but you were a, a good child. You were an excellent child because you didn't give a lot of headaches and a lot of problems like what I see some of my friends' uh, children was given um, during yes, your, your um, growing age coming up. You know, we, if we say, I, I'm Sam, sit right here, you will sit right there and you would move. So <laughs> Sam do this, Sam will do this. Sam, you, you was a well obedient. obedient. <laughs> yes, obedience is the word. I mean, believe you me, you you are a prize. You you are a prize child. I That's must I, I must I must add though, obedience. I don't. I w I would love to see some research. I don't know if it's out there to see if obedient children actually become um, millionaires. Because I find that the risk takers, the people who don't follow rules, who you know go outside the box, tend to take the risks and actually make the money. Well, well, that might be so, but that might uh, some of it. I would have to do a, a research on that yeah. myself. I, can, I, I but, plan to uh, look that but, up before this goes public to see. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I believe you you follow rules and you're listening. You 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 pay attention, and so you observe. You didn't talk about a lot of things, but you observe. How do I know this? Because I see how you you function and how you operate later on in getting your teenage. Uh, um, age there, the teenage uh, period, I see how you uh, handle yourself. And, and the only way you can handle yourself like that, and it's like some people used to say, it's like you were, you were here before. That's what some people were say, would say, oh, she was here before, man. This girl is too smart. She's too this. However, I know you, you observe because you had a lot of mature people around you. You had a lot of mature people. So, so you came around, you, you came around and you came around at that time too, when um, we, we, were, we were actually living the American dream. Right. All the, all the struggle around, you, happened before I got there. Right, it's, right. So you came around with, during the wealth, the season, the season, the season of reaping, yeah. called harvesting. The harvesting, you were part of that harvesting. Everything was around you. Look, there, this opportunity. We could go here. You could go on cruise. You could go here. You could go there. You, you know, money yeah. was not object when you came around. Yeah. Yeah. So what I learned from this conversation is that, um, you know, you were basically, you came here and you were very focused. First, you needed yeah. to get your children here. And in order to do that, you wanted you wanted to bring them here with uh, into a home, and so you had to get that money together quick in order to do that. And so you were really strategic about working and uh, hustling with entrepreneurial endeavors in order to make more and save more in order to get your down payment and get your house and get your kids together. That and is correct. this this whole journey too, like I noticed, like 
you know, in the black community in particular, people are very much focused on their money with the exclusion of health, because it's like money is the most important thing. Once I get the money, then everything else falls in line. And I've, I've been saying, you know, why wait till you have the money? Because you don't really have to do that. And then once you get the money, you're only going to end up spending all of it on medical bills because you didn't take care of your health. But also this conversation is shedding a light on different perspectives because, yeah. <laughs> because there's, we did an episode about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so if, if folks are feeling like they don't have their basic needs met, something like healthy foods or something that's not an emergency when the money feels like an emergency, you know, they're only going to be looking at the emergency, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really quite interesting. And basically the privileges that I've been afforded were because of the sacrifices that you all made and the wealth building activities that you did. Right. That's correct. The that home, the savings and the entrepreneurial endeavors. Mindset. Yes. Yes. Endeavors. Yes. That's, that's what got us to the place where we are today. So your experience, you, you have experienced the, uh, of your two parents ownership of a business, starting from the beginning and moving it up to a certain level. Mm -hmm. You came around during that, that time because most of everything was actually in place, put together while you were around. Yeah. And the, the only thing that um, put a little damping onto the whole process was when the economy crashed in um, 2008. Mm -hmm. Or else you probably would be running your dad company right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you had so many parental fantasies. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. So, you know, at some point, I do want to talk about um, how, because generational wealth building doesn't happen within one generation. So you guys all did all these major sacrifices to give your kids, you know, the American dream. But then the kids now, we're living in a time where it's very difficult to buy a home, to get a down payment. 20% down payment is extremely difficult, especially if, you, if you're on the coast, you know. Yes. Well, well, I, um, uh, my experiences uh, with the people who I would that I associated with, they were in, in a different mindset. They were more or less um, uh, they, they were they, their goals were to get an, an education and and, and to um, and, and to move up the ladder also. But we we were looking on um, um, uh, controlling your destiny. Uh, 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 like I was looking for controlling my destiny. I didn't. I wanted to control wherever I I would land, um, because um, just to give you an example, I remember making over quarter million, two hundred and fifty dollars a year. Once I I reached that plateau, I and I and I see the things that. Oh, I was living the, so wait, the restaurants you, you I'm kinda, going. I'm traveling. Hold on one second, Dad. Hmm? Can you hear me? You got you got a little low. You said you were making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Yes. Yes. And and you plateaued. No, no, no. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. That's where I I remember getting to that level. Yeah. And I was thinking now from zero now to move into the that would 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 move me to the next level. So you was, just want to keep, like you just, the 250 going. can't keep be the, the cap. You want more and more No, more. no, it's not, yes, it's not, no. But believe you me, 250,000 back then, that was, a, that was a lot of money. I had a lot of money in the bank. I had a lot of money. Was today, I, was, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't blink at that today, even, <laughs> you know. No. When I, like, for example, when I buy a new car, I don't even go to the, the, the dealer to get the, the dealer brings my car at home. My, the dealer deliver my car. You understand? Um, I was at that level. People people wanted to talk to me. People wanted to um, to ask me how did I get there? How did I do it? But I didn't I didn't let all that go to my head 
to capitalize on it, to say, all right, let me do this, let me do that. I was just still trying to be humble uh, with the people who, who gave me the opportunity and still um, around me that is helping me to get to, get to, to, to keep rising. I still maintain a, a, a loyalty to them and a humbleness to them because they were, they were the ones who helped me and cradled me to get to that level. So, and this is where the story is a little different, I guess, like between you and mommy, because mommy had um, family support systems. You right. also had some family support where you could come here and live, you know, for a while to get yourself on the ground. But in terms of like your wealth building, you, you developed those networks and those relationships with people exactly. that were just right. here. Right, right. I started to make, build network with people who had, the, uh, who had the funds, financial people. People were willing to help me. People said to me, why, why, do, why are you working? Do you, let, 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 me open, let me set you up in a business. Let me do it. There were people who, who, people of means who wanted to do that for me, but I just didn't want them to do it because I know that I would have to, they would need to be rewarded somewhere along the line. So I didn't focus on them because if I didn't, if I wasn't, if I didn't feel like I was ready, mm -hmm. I didn't think I want to, to move that quickly. I just wanted to move at, at the pace that I was going. Mm -hmm. You see, and, and of course, when you reach a certain level, somewhere along the line, a, a chip is always on your shoulder. Because you walk around with a, with, a, with a chip on your shoulder, you know, um, and you can't let it get to you. You have to manage it. Because uh, it's, it's nothing, you know, nothing wrong with having a chip on your shoulder as long as you don't, you know, over, over, overdo it or over, you know, like uh, try to, make people look uh, silly or be rude to people. You still maintain a certain number, but people, uh, people, people who are around you should know their place because that's how you were able to get to where you, you are because you knew your place about the, around the people that help you to get where you are. Hmm. And so you are hoping that other people would see that. But then there are people that is coming up now is in another generation now. They don't care about that. So this, they, they will start to treat you just like you're, you're like you're a nobody. And then sometimes you have to, you know, you stop them and explain to them, this is the reason. And if you really want to get to this place, this is what you have to do. So while you're going along, you're teaching people, people observing you, but then you have to teach other people too, because getting, getting to some, to that level without um, reaching back and helping another, uh, you know, somebody, uh, to get to that level, it's like you're still not accomplishing anything. You don't feel you 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 haven't done your duty here, to, as far as I'm concerned. Your, your duty is to help each other, help the other person, and you always look to help the person who's less fortunate than yourself to move them forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 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 I can say at this point, I have lots of people who who give me phone calls. Um, and tell me personally um, in my face and thank me for what I've done for them, what I've helped them. And I can look back at some of them now and look at them now doing very well, flying high. And they said, oh, Dudley, I got all of this from you. And, yeah. and it's funny, and it's funny, I would always tell them that whatever they learn, I said, you know, it wasn't just me teaching you, 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 you were teaching me too, because I learned from them. Mm -hmm. You understand so um so that is a is a good place to be where you can look back and you can think back and you can say okay you help someone along the the way yeah you know yeah well was there anything i didn't ask you that i should have asked you well that's a good question there are so much things that we it would take oh uh, you would have to do several other <laughs> one part two part three yeah you know? um, uh, and the reason for that is because uh, my journey has, has not been an easy one, but it has so much um, little things on the way that uh, it would take a long time for me to ex explain that. But there's, it's something that the person could learn from it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I like I was saying I was you were I was very happy that I was able to come and work for you and your husband uh, for two years in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, because although I was parting my knowledge to, to, to both of you, I was learning from both of you too. Because you, you were, uh, uh, both of you were as a different generation and have certain qualities that I'm not familiar with. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, oh, this we have to be able to uh synchronize this together to move forward mm-hmm. because i might be seeing things this way and you seeing this way and you both we both have a point but how do we make it work we have to come it's like republican and De- democrat <laughs> we have to find a way to make it work now and I'll, I'll post in the show notes to this episode the book that i'm reading on mindset by carol dweck the growth mindset versus a fixed mindset um because the only way you can accomplish what you and mommy have accomplished is with a growth mindset that you know that you're living in the land of abundance there's lots of opportunity it is possible for you to achieve what you want to achieve you will have to make some sacrifices you know that type of thing as opposed to like it's not going to happen for me i'm black there's racism and I cannot, I cannot achieve because of X, Y, Z, you know? No, that will not get you anywhere, no. So, so it's like trying to figure out, you know, where do we go from here? But I'm really, I'm really thankful and happy and, and grateful to have had this conversation so we could set the record straight from your side because, you know, <laughs> we don't really nah. talk about daddy's side a lot on yes. the podcast. Yeah. I'm thankful for the opportunity um, to do that and to be able to, for you to um, be able to uh, pursue your goal and, um, and, um, and to be as accurate as possible with the information that you, you pass out down, you know, because yeah. your achievement is our achievement. That's how I look at it. And uh, we want the best for you. Thank you again. Thank you and um, all your viewers for the opportunity to be able to express um, the things and a little bit of the, the, the topic that I have gone through. Yes. You yeah. know, one, the, one of the, the question I get all the time is, how are you, how do you have a last name Salmon and you promote a vegan diet? <laughs> I get oh, that yes, all the yes, time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's a, there's a doctor whose yeah. last name is Saladino. So salad mm-hmm. is in the name, right? Saladino. And he right. basically promotes a keto, like an Atkins type right. car- carnivorous diet. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Walking opposites. That's, that is funny. Yeah. That that's that's a good one. Yeah. I have I have to examine that and uh, explore that. Yeah. <laughs>